The Hamlet Podcast, episode 116. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanrity. The King and Queen are speaking urgently about what Hamlet has done and now Claudius wants to know where the prince has gone. Gertrude tries to explain how Hamlet appeared as he left her. To Claudius's question, where is he gone, she replies, to draw apart the body he hath killed, or whom his very madness, like some ore among a mineral of metal's base, shows itself pure. He weeps for what is done. Gertrude is being a little strategic here. Of course, she's told Claudius that Hamlet has killed Polonius, and she's keeping up the storyline that he is mad. But she's also aware that murder is a very serious crime, and it's perhaps her maternal instinct that kicks in and makes her insist to Claudius that actually some vein of goodness in him made him weep for what he has done. The syntax is a little garbled, but we'll break it down. First off, she answers that Hamlet is gone to draw apart the body he hath killed, as we saw him do at the end of the previous scene. She qualifies it with, or whom, Polonius is still a person since his body is probably still warm, Hamlet weeps for what is done. Even within these two phrases, she has another thought. Like some ore among a mineral of metal's base shows itself pure, just as gold, one of the most valuable ores, shows itself pure among baser metals, so Hamlet's good nature still shines through his madness. Understandably, Claudius is not much moved. Hamlet is still mad, and perhaps gearing up for some kind of a killing spree, the king announces his plan of action. Oh, Gertrude, come away. The sun no sooner shall the mountains touch, but we will ship him hence. And this vile deed we must, with all our majesty and skill, both countenance and excuse. Claudius is very good at the public side of his affairs, and rightly points out that they will have to explain this turn of events. Come away, he tells Gertrude, there's work to be done. First off, Hamlet will be shipped off to England by sunrise. The sun no sooner shall the mountains touch, but we will ship him hence. And we must countenance and excuse this vile deed with all our majesty and skill. Claudius is strategic enough to know that he'll need both his position of power and his diplomatic skills to explain how Polonius managed to get murdered inside the castle. It's also worth bearing in mind that it's still the same night it began all the way back in Act 3, Scene 2, and we've been basically operating in real time since then. And indeed, this will continue. Little did we think, as the players prepared their evening's entertainment and were lectured by Hamlet, that by the following morning, Polonius would be dead and Hamlet would be squirrelled off to England in the night. Claudius now summons his two spies with a simple, Ho, Guildenstern! And they reappear. It's up to a given production whether they will have entered with the king and queen or whether they just appear now. The king addresses them and explains the news. Friends both, go join you with some further aid. Hamlet in madness hath Polonius slain, and from his mother's closet hath he dragged him. Go seek him out, speak fair, and bring the body into the chapel. I pray you, haste in this. This is all very matter-of-fact. Both of you, please go and get some others to help you. Hamlet has killed Polonius in his madness and dragged the body away from Gertrude's room. Go find him, but speak fair. This is the only hint that the job might require some delicacy. 
since Hamlet is mad, they'll need to tread carefully and placate him. They'll have to talk gently or speak fair. And then once they find him and Polonius, they are instructed to bring the latter's body to the chapel. More importantly, they need to do it quickly. I pray you, Claudius says, haste in this. For once, Guildenstern and Rosencrantz don't say anything, not even an obsequious nod to the king. Evidently, the mood is that serious that they don't even try to get a word in. Once they have exited, Claudius returns to strategy and politics and Gertrude. He says, Come, Gertrude, we'll call up our wisest friends and let them know both what we mean to do and what's untimely done. This is straightforward enough, again. He will summon his closest allies and friends and explain what has happened and what he plans to do next. Of course, one might imagine that Polonius was his wisest friend, but now he's going to have to meet with his replacement. It's interesting that he says this in the opposite order, and let them know both what we mean to do and what's untimely done. The meter invites this sequence, of course, but it also gives a little insight into Claudius's own priorities. He wants Hamlet gone, and that's at the top of his list. And of course, he'll have to explain that Polonius is no longer with us. The second half of this line, it is widely agreed, is missing. Some editions of the play even go so far as to fill in the blank. Have a look at your text of the play and see what it says next here. Some editions will jump straight into Oh Come Away, as is written in the folio, where others might acknowledge that there's a gap here, and still others might include the edition proposed by Edward Cappell, an 18th century editor. He suggested that the whole could be filled with the phrase so haply slander. It's almost 250 years since Cappell died, and so his suggestions have been around for over half the time that Hamlet has existed in the world. Take a look at your copy of the text, whoever might have edited it, and see for yourself if they include this little segment that follows, or indeed, if they even acknowledge that those words were Cappell's suggestion. What we do still have are the four lines that follow it. Cappell's suggestion was that Claudius is describing slander and hoping to avoid it. Slander, Claudius says, whose whisper o'er the world's diameter, as level as the cannon to his blank, transports the poisoned shot, may miss our name and hit the woundless air. Claudius is hoping that word of the knight's strange misdeeds will not spread via whispers. He knows how fast word can travel over the world's diameter, and so is eager to control the spread of information and protect his name through the woundless or perhaps soundless air, depending on who your editor is. These lines are not in the folio, and clearly the missing section that was filled in by Mr. Cappell got lost in the transfer of information, since they were replaced in the shorter version of the play, with Claudius's rhyming exit lines. Oh, come away. My soul is full of discord and dismay. At this point, I think we can genuinely believe that Claudius is full of discord and dismay. It's confusing, it's worrying, and now not only does he have to deal with the murder of his senior counsellor and perhaps wisest friend, he also has to find a way to explain why the crown prince, his anointed heir, has committed said murder not to mention his own plan to get Hamlet shipped off to England and out of the way. Unfortunately, Polonius's children don't seem to figure in his thinking at all. Laertes is in Paris, and Ophelia, poor Ophelia, she was at the play earlier this evening, but what will happen to her now? 
Even if Claudius isn't thinking about her, he's got plenty to be dealing with. Of course, Hamlet isn't going to make anything easy for him, and he has quite an encounter coming up with his alleged friends in the next scene. So we'll start Act 4, Scene 2 in the next episode. But for now, thank you for your company. And as ever, be sure to check out thehamletpodcast.com for any episodes you might have missed and for show notes that accompany every episode to date. I'll speak to you next time.